Litcast Slovakia, the podcast about Slovak literature in English. Welcome to Litcast Slovakia number 21. I'm Julia Sherwood and my guest today is uh, the writer, journalist and former war correspondent Irena Brezhna, who is also an expert in Slavonic languages, psychologist, human rights activist and intercultural mediator. Originally from Slovakia, Irena Brezhna has lived in Switzerland since 1968 and writes in German. She has published 10 books and received 10 literary and journalism awards in Switzerland, Germany and Slovakia. In 2012, she was awarded the prestigious Swiss Literature Prize for her novel Die Undankbare Fremde and is also twice the recipient of the German Emma Prize for Women Journalists and the Zurich Journalist Prize for her reportage on refugees from Kosovo, as well as the most prestigious German Journalism Award Theodor Wolf Prize in Berlin for her war reporting in Chechnya. Hello Irina, how are you? Hello, thank you. I am well and happy to hear you, Julia. Happy to hear you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. So let me start with my first question. Your native language is Slovak, but you write in German. And in recent years, there has been quite a boom in German writers, uh, as they're called, with a migration background, uh, like uh, Olga Gryaznova, Nino Haratishvili, Terezia Mora, Ilya Trojanov, Sasha Stanicic, uh, Mikhail Stavaric, to name just a few. But this was much less common when you started to write, and the experience of finding yourself in a new language has been an important motive in your work. In fact, your most recent book, a collection of essays, reportages and memoirs, is called Wie ich auf die Welt kam, in der Sprache zu Hause, How I came into this world, at home, in language. Can you talk a little bit about what language means for you and about the experience of exile? Well, uh, when my parents uh, immigrated me in the age of 18 years to Switzerland, I use, by the way, this passive termination because it was not my decision to leave the country. So I felt humiliated by the fact that I couldn't express my thoughts in German how I wanted. I invested all my time and energy in learning German and neglected other things. Uh, but my focus on German didn't mean that I would have specially loved this language. I just wanted to survive, and not only physically, but as a human being with a language spoken in the country where I suddenly landed. It was uh, an existential question. I was forced to mobilize myself when I wanted to build my future in the new country. We had no hope that the political situation would improve and we could return to Czechoslovakia one day. The communist countries seemed to be very stable. To appropriate the new language was a precondition for not only a career, but for a very base feeling of dignity. 
In Slovakia, I have already written poems and short stories and saw my professional future in writing. Being in exile, I could not imagine to write in a foreign language. The dogma of the native language was nearly absolute, although Samuel Beckett has changed into French and he oscillated between both languages and Vladimir Nabokov was writing in his American exile English. You are right. Now there are more and more so-called migrant writers and I am so happy about it. I know some of them. We communicate together and agree on it that it is an advantage to write in a foreign language. We feel free in it, more free than in the mother tongue. It is easier to deliberate ourselves in the foreign language of cultural habits which seem to us to be absolute. In the foreign language, I have found my own literary style. Your writing includes reportage and essays, as well as fiction with many autobiographical elements. How would you define your literary writing? Is it fiction or autobiography or autofiction? Um, you know, being a student at the University of Basel, I have published some fairy tales for adults in the student magazine. They were my first literary attempts in German, and at the same time, I have married a German writer. Unconsciously, I expected him to write down what I felt and thought, but uh, sure, he didn't. After all, we have to realize our dreams by ourselves. So I started to describe my experiences in the Czechoslovak socialist society, and then as well the exile in an autobiographical feature. I was 30 years old when one day, purely by chance, I have seen in the newspaper that the University of Bern has launched a literary competition for foreigners. I knew immediately that my feature would win and I have indeed won the first prize. It encouraged me, I divorced and decided to write in German to make it to my profession. It was a sort of resurrection. I had my own voice, I have gained it in the foreign language. But before I started to write longer literary form, I have chosen a short form, a mixture of journalism and literature. So I was able to have regularly publications in the newspapers and magazines and to make my living. My last book, How I Came Into This World, is a sort of autobiography, but not only in memories, but in essays and literary reportages, beginning with so-called Spring of Prague 68. During this reform of socialism, I was at gymnasium in Bratislava and it was my political birth. Therefore, the title of the book and not my person is important in this collection, but the political changes are the main heroes in it. 
and I was thrown into them, and I looked for them in other countries. I traveled there as journalist to give testimony. And every text in the book is a sort of coming in this world. You have uh, written about uh, all sorts of uh, horrible things happening in the world, but uh, you have also been actively involved in fighting against uh, injustice uh, for human rights, for women's rights, against racism. So you said that you regard writing as a rebellion against the dictate of silence and non-action. One might say that you have taken this rebellion to the extreme by reporting on the wars in Chechnya, on the Russian mafia, quite scary subjects. So can you talk a little bit about uh, combining writing and activism and about going on these risky assignments? Uh, I write in the last book about returning to Czechoslovakia during the Velvet Revolution 89 or later traveling to Russia for reportages, for instance, how you mentioned about Russian mafia, and later uh, for war reportages in Chechnya. And the book ends uh, 2018 with demonstrations in Slovakia as reaction on murdering the investigating journalist Jan Kuciak and his fiance. The essays and reportages are spread in it over a half century. When I describe the political situation, I am also inside of it and not only witnessing it. Sure, it is influencing deeply my life when after 21 years of exile I can return to Bratislava and to describe for German-speaking newspapers what happened with the country in two decades, how devastated it looked in the year 89 to me. And I was sometimes doing all together journalism, activism, and humanitarian help. There were situations I couldn't separate it, like in Chechnya during the first Russian Chechen war start, started by Yeltsin. I have seen in the destroyed villages and in Grozny strong women, and I wanted to help them. I have met, for example, two Chechen human rights activists, Zainab and Maya who were filming the war crimes, all the atrocities you can imagine. They needed professional cameras. I have applied to a Swiss foundation, which gave us money for buying such, ca such cameras. Thanks to them, in Bern exists now the largest Chechen uh, video and photo archive of both wars, Yel of Yeltsin and Putin. And I was doing also political work in inviting these women to the West. We met politicians in Germany, Italia, France, and had conferences so the people could hear what happened in this Russian colonial war. I was organizing it in interpreting the Chechens. And I was doing a lot of fundraising for war victims. And parallel, I have written more than hundred reportages, essay commentaries about Chechnya, mostly about women. But also in Slovakia and West African Guinea, I realized educative or humanitarian projects. So, for example, I gathered 10,000 textbooks in French for schools 
and thousands literary books for a library. The project, this library, was Kafkaesque. I became rooms in a house in a small town in Futa. This is a mountain region in Guinea. But the house was cursed, so that nobody dared to enter it. Or I asked a Swiss shoe factory for shoes for Chechen children and sent a package to Grozny without looking at its content. The orphans in Grozny were shocked when they unpacked the cartoons. They have found inside separate shoes. No one fitted to another. Like if these kids haven't two legs, but had lost one stepping on a mine. It was so cynic. Sure that I have written about it. And concerning the danger in the war, it was strange, but I had no fear. I suppressed it. There were so many things to do, such a chaotic situation, and I had to concentrate myself. But after returning to Switzerland, it came out. I became panic attacks. I had to learn how to deal with it, and after a certain time, uh, I have got rid of it. Oh, you have my absolute admiration. I don't think I would be up to any of that. <laughs> and so you've uh, published 10 books and re uh, received numerous awards. And the German writer and critic uh, Marco Martin called you the quiet yet vital literary chronicler of a human rights-oriented Europe that tries to resist the shoddiness of historical amnesia. So. Which one of your achievements are you most proud of? You know, Julia, it was very, very hard. Because I had two sons and was alone with them. But it was my own choice and I don't regret it. I would say that the most important step was the decision to write in a foreign language, to discover the world by describing it, and not to let me discouraged by the difficult conditions. I had the disadvantage that German was not my mother tongue, but I have turned it into my advantage. I realize that my origin is not just an useless burden, but also my chance. I have combined both the socialization in Czechoslovakia with new experiences, and I went forward, always forward. The courage to make such transformation was worthwhile. And uh, more recently, this transformation has been going the other way. Five of your books uh, have been translated into Slovak. So how did it feel being translated into your native tongue uh, it is uh, indeed a strange feeling uh, to read my own books in my mother tongue. It sounds different. I feel even shocked because uh, I write often about things which might be still taboo in the Slovak society. And in the foreign language, I don't feel the taboo. And suddenly in Slovak, I understand what I have expressed. I feel well in Slovakia. I feel well in my mother tongue, but I am a stranger there. I have 
the regard of somebody coming from outside. And actually, I have always this regard, anywhere, also in Switzerland. I haven't become a native there, and I don't want it. I want to stay a foreigner. For my writing, it is important to see the things from outside, to be all the time amazed, to remain free. Hmm. So, you're the eternal foreigner. <laughs> And so your books uh, uh, in Slovak translation have been published by the feminist publishing house Aspect. And uh, this is actually quite pertinent now. I was just uh, listening uh, the other day on the news that it's the 50th anniversary uh, of uh, the day when women in Switzerland were given the right to vote, which is shocking. It was uh, as late as 1971. You were actually there in Switzerland when it happened. So... Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this feminist publishing house and about uh, your feelings about feminism? Uh, yes, uh, Aspect is the first and until now only a feminist publishing house in Slovakia and a feminist education center. In the beginning, when it was founded in the early 90s, it was a feminist magazine. And I explain you why I have chosen Aspect. When I came to Switzerland, as you said, the Swiss women had no right to vote. They couldn't work without permission of their husbands. They couldn't have a bank account. And at the university were nearly only men. The uh, the Swiss women were silent and sitting at home. Switzerland was in the early 70s a sort of Saudi Arabia in middle of Europe. Uh, you know that the Czechoslovak women had their own professions and were very self-confident. Uh, I started to read feminist literature. I wanted to understand how the patriarchal society is functioning and also understand my own socialization being a woman. After the Velvet Revolution, I was observing how the Czechoslovak revolutionaries were pushing out women from important positions. The women became unemployed and a new conservative view was among some men popular that professional women in the socialism were an error that woman is mother and nothing else. In early 90s, I have met in Bratislava some intellectual women who founded Aspect and who declared themselves feminists. I was very fond of them and supported them. And four, four of my five books are published there. Five of your books have been published in Slovak, but uh, so far nothing in English, but that's going to change soon. And uh, a wonderful translator, Ruth Amazai-Kemp, is uh, just starting to work on the English translation of your book, uh, Die Undankbare Fremde, uh, The Thankless Foreigner. Uh, and it will be published in the spring of 2022 by Seagull Books. When we were discussing which uh, book to choose for this uh, Slovak list uh, from Seagull, uh, I was thinking originally of uh, your earlier book, uh, Die Beste aller Welten, 
which has already been completely translated into English by Janet Livingstone as On Chicken Wings. But you thought it would be better to pick uh, the other one. So can you tell us why you thought that uh, the Unnagbare Fremde would be a better book to translate into English? I think uh, the migration is a topic concerning the whole world. Uh, and the readers anywhere they live can identify with my young hero. She's a fighter in search for her own way. So even somebody who never has left his birthplace will understand her struggle to remain a free human being. In this book, I give a perspective how an emigrant can manage not to stick either in homesickness nor to go in the trap of assimilation. And the other book, The Best of All Worlds, is a humoristic story of a girl living in a small town in a dictature and trying to understand the official lies, which she is ready to believe because the utopia of a communist society seems to her very human. She is also like the elder heroine of the ungrateful foreigner, searching for a balance between the individual and the society. I think even somebody not knowing anything about the socialism can be touched and amused about this girl, because it is literature and it's universal. So I hope that also this book will be published in English. It is already translated in several several uh, European languages. This one, The Ungrateful Foreigner, has been turned into play in Slovakia, which uh, opened in the Blue Salon, a small stage at the Slovak National Theatre last year. Did you manage to see that production? And uh, were you happy with it? Yes. Uh, and I appreciate that the Slovak National Theatre took it in its programme. But uh, uh, yes, OK, the production was expressive, well done. The actors played good. But the theatre director didn't respect my vision of patchwork identity, which my young emigrant hero is creating at the end of the novel. The director forced my heroine to assimilate which is completely the opposite of my intention. In the beginning, the heroine was shown in the theater as a rebel, yes, but at the end, she obeys. I was explaining to the theater people that my heroine is choosing by herself who she wants to become, which aspects, customs, views of the new culture she is willing to integrate into her personality and nobody should order it to her. My novel has nothing to do with assimilation. But in Bratislava, I saw a story about victory of obedience. I had many discussions before with two directors of the National Theatre. They explained to me that the Slovak public wouldn't understand my point of view. People are afraid of migration. And when I have lectures in Slovakia, the people often are asking me with sorrow in their voice, are the Slovaks well integrated in the Swiss society? The 
obedience represents evidently still a high value, even after 30 years living in a democracy. With my book, my own experience of exile, uh, during more than half a century, I am bringing the good news that nobody can impose anything on us. It is up to us to create our personality by ourselves, anywhere where we live, and no matter if we are a refugee. So you've seen the play and you've been going to Slovakia quite frequently over the past 30 years since the end of communism. And so I assume that you've also followed a little bit what's happening on the literary scene. So have you come across any Slovak books or writers that uh, struck a chord with you and uh, that you think should be translated into English? You know, I don't read regularly Slovak literature, but uh, the author I like most is Marius Kopchai. He's describing Slovak realities in his novels with wonderful, subtle humor, with deep psychological knowledge. But to appreciate his books fully, one has to know the mentality and the history of Slovakia. For a translator, it would be a great challenge. Thank you for this recommendation. Marius Kopchai hasn't been mentioned on this podcast yet, so this is another name to add to the list of recommendations. And thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. And let's hope that we will meet in Slovakia again sometime soon. Yeah, thank you, Julian. It was a challenge for me to speak English. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.